let's get you out of here, Buzz. Don't you get it? You see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> Snap out of it, Buzz! Oh, the jungle VIP I've reached the top and had to stop And that's what's bothering me Hagedus Figgedus Zumba Kazin I want your attention Everything Hello and welcome, you're listening to Mouse Madness A podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney I'm Chris Bowersox And I'm Kyle Skinner And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic Generate a bracket and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod, or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, uh, we've already sent Kyle Madsid into another dimension with Higitus uh, <laughs> Figitus there. Um, but before we get to him, uh, Kyle, alcohol, such a strong part of the Mouse Madness brand. And totally. it's almost surprising to me that it's taken us over 80 episodes to have an alcohol-based topic to discuss. I know. Considering like a major point of us forming this podcast was we should probably drink during it. Uh, And so we're choosing to break down in this bracket some of our favorite Disney dabs. We're going to be talking the best Disney turnt boy bracket. Now, this doesn't necessarily just mean that they're drunk. They could just be turnt boys, turnt girls that are just acting out of pocket, acting crazy, uh, act like they're on something. And to help us figure out who is the biggest turnt boy, we have brought back someone who knows a little thing or two about being turnt. It's our friend Kyle Madsen. Kyle, what is going on? Hey, guys. I've been looking forward to this for a really long time. I like this podcast so much. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'm glad that we can get you on for something like this, uh, because I know that every once in a while, you and I personally will be talking drinks, we'll be talking beers, we'll be talking about what's happening uh, specifically here in the Bay Area. But when you saw that we were going to be talking all about Disney turnt characters, uh, what made you excited about this? Because it's something you don't think about when watching a Disney movie, but as soon as you put it in that frame... I immediately started thinking about all the instances that could possibly come up, and it was like just a a a treasure chest of of things to look at. And it's a different angle to look through uh, Disney films. So, adult Disney is great. And uh, speaking of adult Disney, and speaking of drinks, obviously we need some drinks to wash this episode down. It's our spoonful of sugar segment. Kyle Skinner, what do you got today? Guys, I was so excited about this bracket. <laughs> this is this is the culmination of like why we do this show, to talk about this nuanced dumb stuff, but also get to drink in the process. And now we get to talk about characters drinking as we drink. And so I had to bring out the big guns. I had to bring out the classic. I brought out a little rose gold henny and I paired it with oh a little bit of coke. <laughs> we get in turn boys out here. <laughs> It is Hennessy in a rose gold bottle that I found at the San Leandro Costco. And I've had for a very hot minute and I love it a lot. It's just normal Hennessy doesn't taste anything different. And I paired it with some Coke classic here in my spoonful of sugar mug. I 
am going to be turned up after part one of this episode. I'm so excited. I'm a little bit surprised because you texted me hyping it up like, yo, I got a drink. And I was thinking like you got a, a, an awesome cocktail like concoction you've dreamt up that's super on theme. And I mean, this is on theme. Like, this yeah. is just... When we decided to call this turnt boy bracket, like the biggest turnt boy, I was like, I have to drink Hennessy on part one. That's <laughs> There's no other way to do it. And so when I texted you saying, I've got the drink for this bracket i knew you thought that i was gonna be like coming in hot with some sort of like grog where i'm mixing four <laughs> different rums and i'm just gonna be sloshed no 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 <laughs> two ingredients baby a little henny little coke that's what we doing that's great well i took a similar approach um i, I took this one kind of back to our summer camp days where the drinks <laughs> were strong but the ingredients were cheap and really basic so your drink is strong and tasty, but it's not very complex, not super flavorful. It's just enough to get the job done. So I have a mezcal mango margarita. Um, it's just uh, some fresh lime juice, some mango juice, some triple sec, some mezcal. It's uh, I attempted to salt the rim, but I, I didn't do a very good job. Uh, it's in my <laughs> zombie mug. I don't know. It might be an inappropriate margarita glass. Um, I'm going to give it a try because I haven't tried it yet. I thought that was a hippopotamai mug. Yeah. Oh. See, that is just so freaking good. It's like <laughs> not going to blow your mind, but it's just it's just a perfect combination of flavors. I will say it could use some more lime. I got a beef with my grocery store's limes because the last few I've bought, <laughs> I have like a very specific like lime total i need to hit for my drink it's like two ounces of lime that's three lemons three limes perfect i crack open my first lime and it's like just dust coming out of there like no juice at all i'm like great my drink's already ruined i need to just get the stuff that comes in the bottle i don't know um nine out of ten kyle madsen what are you indulging in today um well because it's being turnt, I didn't want to do something very basic, but I'm also on this calorie counting kick, so I didn't want to do a beer or like a super mixed drink or down a bottle of wine like I did last time. <laughs> so uh, I had an edible, um, a little cookie action, a little peanut butter cookie. It's great. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I've just got just some uh, Johnny Walker double black here uh, that I'm going to be sipping on, and I'm calling it Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is that is perfect we'll for that, that combination right there that is absolutely perfect hopefully you don't crash and burn like jay thaddeus <laughs> himself <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well before we hop into our normal show chris who did we choose to survey to find our field of 16 of these turnt characters well, uh, it's been a tradition of ours since the parks closed and we could no longer do in-park um, demographics to just go on Twitter because like the demographic will reveal themselves <laughs> and um, super fun demographic revealed themselves on Twitter very recently, semi-alcohol and food related, but we chose people mad about taste of Disney on Twitter as our demographic to give us the uh biggest disney turp boy bracket honestly this was like anything 
that you could be mad about. Are you mad that you're stuck in the queue? Are you mad that it's a bad idea? Are you mad that the parks are open when they should be closed? Are you mad that Universal stole your idea? If you're <sighs> mad in any way adjacent to Taste of Disney, we wanted to hear from you. Yep. And we found them pretty quickly because the online queue to select tickets for this event that is happening in DCA soon uh, crashed multiple times on people when it first launched. Uh, And funny enough, the day that we're recording, it has been announced that Disneyland will be allowed to reopen uh, once their county gets into the tier, which they project is April 1st. So good on you, Disney, I guess, for trying to pull this together. But you're going to be able to open up to like 15% capacity pretty soon. So I'm sure that they're really slapping their foreheads on this one. But uh, even though we surveyed this group, there were a few that missed the dance. Chris, what's somebody that missed the dance for you? I mean, there were so many. One that immediately comes to mind is Baymax because we talked about him on the best Disney robot bracket as being like a drunk person coming home uh, when he goes into his low battery mode. So I thought for sure like that (laughs) drunk scene would would get himself a spot on the bracket, but he didn't get it. Also, Partysaurus Rex. Rex oh, yeah. from the Turned. from the short. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's Rex so much as like all the other bathtub toys in that short. Like, <laughs> it's, um, it's specifically the one that falls off uh, and into the tub when they're filling it back up and sinks to the bottom and goes, "What's up, my fishes?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just so such a great short and like such a great representation of turnt culture. My last one is the hairy leg slash dirty foot pirate on Pirates Mm. of the Caribbean who's got his foot hanging over the ledge when you're going underneath it uh, in the the ride vehicle. He's got a giant bottle of rum that is lit on fire. Um, You have to be a a special level of turntness to start playing with fire, um, especially around alcohol. And uh, we've got some examples of that on this bracket. (laughs) Kyle, what are a few Miss the Dance for you? Well, my one... Big one is Josh Me Gibbs from Pirates of the Caribbean. Obviously, uh, we get introduced to him after a night of drinking, and he is sleeping with pigs and has to be woken up by Jack with and Will with water. And that is such a classic like somebody passed out drunk needs to be waken up with a, a a cup full of water. This was a bucket full, and it got him. Uh, and another great moment is he always has has a flask with him throughout the entire series that he's taking a swig out of, obviously rum. And in the second movie towards the end, when they're fighting the Kraken, uh, they run out of gunpowder to load into the cargo hold so that they could pull it up so that they could blow up the Kraken. And Will goes, we load the rum. <laughs> and everyone goes silent and Gibbs looks at everybody and goes, ah, you heard him. The rum, too. And they load the rum and then he just has the most pained look on his face. Like this is a turnt boy who cannot give up his one prize possession, which was rum, which is alcohol. That makes him very turnt. And the second one for me is Roger Rabbit. My guy acts drunk 1000% of the time. Uh, he's, he's just a zany character that does, defies all logic, even within his cartoon realm. And that's that's turned enough. He also, you know, dances on a bar at one point. He's breaking things in the bar. He causes bar fights like this is prime turnt boy. But I can see why people didn't 
consider him for that bracket of 16. Kyle, were there any characters when you first saw this bracket that you felt got gypped and were not able to make it? Yeah, two that are very popular on this podcast, actually. Uh, the first one is Hey Hey from Moana. <laughs> yeah. He's literally a strung out chicken who eats rocks. <laughs> okay. I, I'm like that. That's just massive oversight. And then Olaf, a snowman. <laughs> uh, he doesn't shut up. He never stops talking. He no. gets dismembered frequently and it doesn't bother him. Um, <laughs> he has nose problems constantly and he thrives in white powder. And we're not going to make him one of the most turnt Disney characters. That's outrageous to me. The committee messed up. Committee didn't. They didn't. There were not enough Kyle Madsons in this committee to really yeah. consider all that goes into being turnt. They're going to dominate. Olaf's going to dominate the NIT and the committee's going to feel <laughs> foolish. All right. Well, the time has come to announce our field of 16 biggest Disney turnt boys. So let's cue our dramatic music. Kyle Skinner, take us away. When the rum's always gone, you can blame it on our number one seed. It's Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. No one's rude like Gaston gets me tooed like Gaston. Punching his way to the number two spot is Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Anything goes at the circus, including keg stands out of a bucket. Having nightmares at the number three seed is Dumbo and Timothy Mouse from Dumbo. This crew loves spilling the tea. Partying their way to the number four spot is March Hare, Mad Hatter, and the Dormouse from Alice in Wonderland. At the number five seed sits the God of Thunder, Chugger of Beer. It's Thor from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They don't call him Mr. Lightbeer for nothing. Falling with style into the number six spot is Buzz Lightyear. A couple of boys taking swigs in Disney's greatest animated film of all time. It is Horace and Jasper from 101 Dalmatians. Just had to get that in there. Just had had to plug it. Every time. Go shorty. It's not Rapunzel's birthday. We gonna party, but it's not Rapunzel's birthday. Floating into the number eight seed is Shorty from Tangled. On Pleasure Island, it's not just the rides that make you queasy. Getting turnt at the number nine spot is Pinocchio from Pinocchio. Drinks! Flying into the number 10 seat is Valkyrie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Flying while intoxicated into the number 11 spot is Tony Stark from Marvel Cinematic Universe. To say this goose is cooked is an understatement. Stumbling into the 12 seat is Uncle Waldo from the Aristocats. Sneaking drinks like there's no tomorrow at the number 13 seed is the minstrel from Sleeping Beauty. He's barrels of fun. Skimming his way into the number 14 spot is Brom Bones from Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Uh, pirate's life is a wonderful life getting drunk with Mr. Smee. Coming in at the number 15 seed is Hook's left-hand man, so to speak, it's Mr. Smee from Peter Pan. Bermuda needs to come get their mans. Magically making his way into the final spot in the bracket is the number 16 seed, Merlin, from The Sword and the Stone. Kyle Madsen, we got our field of 16 here. Any favorites? Yeah, I've got, I, I've, I've definitely got a favorite in mind, but when trying to kind of do the bracket in my head, it's, it's hard to see that guy or, or girl 
cruising to the to the finals like like I thought when I first glanced at it. Yeah, I'm happy we got a turnt girl on here because Same. Yeah. Sadly, there's really not a whole lot of Disney turnt girls out there. No. No, there seems to be a trope of the either like level-headed uh woman character or the like damsel in distress, unfortunately. And it's obviously shifting now. We have a ton of uh women heroes that are becoming major characters in these movies that are coming out, but none of them are turned yet. <laughs> none Not of them yet, are turned but... yet. You guys talked about it in the in the Marvel pods. Like it took m- the MCU, which is very recent, like a really long time to properly develop a, a female character. So totally, like you said, glad they're finally getting there. But it's crazy that it took to 2021 to really start. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get things going here. Let's start off with the first matchup. It's number one, Captain Jack Sparrow versus number 16, Merlin. So I want to talk about Merlin because I think we've like kind of offhandedly referred to him as an old drunk guy before. Um, So I went back into Sword in the Stone to kind of break it down and see like where this is coming from. First of all, he lives in a shack in the woods and he's got all of these like beakers and vials and test tubes. And he's a mixologist. I mean, you know. We don't really know what he's cooking, but he's cooking something. And so the kid, Arthur, crash lands into Merlin's house and Merlin starts being like, I've been to the future, kid. Yeah. I've seen it. Here's a train. <laughs> and Arthur's like, what? What? There's like a, a shot, a reaction shot of Arthur after Merlin in the same conversation spills an entire tea kettle into his own beard. <laughs> and Arthur's face is like, yeah, he's so just like blown away by this man's craziness. Um, Clearly, he doesn't talk to people often. He's got Archimedes. That's like his roommate. <laughs> they bicker a lot. Only person he has to talk to. So we don't really know if it's like substances or just him being kind of a little bit loony. Um, Speaking of his beard, he gets his beard stuck in the door on his way out of his house uh, when they go to set off on their adventure. So clearly he's very clumsy, uh, a a true sign of an intoxicated person, just like a a general lack of awareness. So he's got that working. He sings Higatus Figatus, which is just it's just gibberish. It's just made up words. Yeah, it is. And that's what I like about a lot of these turnt characters is the way that they do sing songs. That's a, a through line of a lot of these characters is singing and how they sing it. And more made up words, the better, because they often can't pronounce it or stumbling through it. Uh, Merlin does it with the ease of a wizard he's able to pronounce all of these things but it just doesn't make sense as a turnt person might perform he's pulled all of those words from whatever psychedelic universe he <laughs> actually belongs to um, and created this song for us as, at one point merlin actually lights up a little pipe i mean we don't really know what's in there but he starts arguing with archimedes about like explaining the universe and Archimedes is like you can't explain this kid the universe he's not going to understand and so Merlin just like lights up a little pipe and he and then he just like goes and sits in a corner then at the end of the movie he heads to Bermuda unexpectedly just like 
pieces out to Bermuda for a while yeah, and then comes right. back. Like right. he's a party boy. Like he could have gone anywhere and he chose Bermuda, which is like a beautiful tropical exotic location that people choose to go to to let loose a little bit, you know? You know who Merlin reminds me of that actually could have missed the dance that we didn't bring up is the like psychedelic ship captain from Seoul. Oh yeah. Dude. I was just looking at it. <laughs> like he he was a turn boy for sure with big Merlin energy. Like, I think I think that we've talked about high Disney characters before on this podcast. <laughs> right. And I think the like drunk turn bracket is different than the high character bracket. Sure. Um Johnny Tsunami, a great example of one of those where it's like like clearly he's like using some substances but like he's that turn energy is a different you know it's yeah. like trying to like up everything you know totally totally so so let's let's take sword in the stone and set that aside and talk about the magic happens parade because this was a <laughs> highlight of the parade for me when i first saw it most random addition to magic happens it's like some modern hits like moana and Coco and Frozen 2. Then they hit you with Cinderella and Tiana yeah. and then Merlin. It's like, <laughs> um, okay, there's Merlin. So in the YouTube video, it is perfect. They zoom in on Merlin on the float and he's in a parade. He's got to have some choreo, right? So he's dancing. It's clearly like a young man because they can't mm -hmm. hire like person who can't move very well to do that role. So first he's got no pants on and his robe is like a little bit short for me um a, a little bit more nude than i'd like then he drops his ass to the floor and does the james harden stir it up thing yeah. he's like ooh, ooh. hey uh merlin better watch out for little b little b might come and put a little curse on magic happens merlin for doing the the cooking so um yeah he's a little a little bit too spry for me there so then once he pops up from that position he he does this like crumping move like this and then he like points his wand out to the crowd and like does a little wand flourish um it is big turp boy energy like he is excited to be there um i don't know if we can consider it like the same character but uh i'm here for it it's it's how I understand Merlin. So <laughs> I love all of these examples of Merlin being a turnt boy, but Jack Sparrow is it's his life to consume alcohol. Like <laughs> yeah. so many of these characters we're going to talk about, kind of reading between the lines, maybe making some inferences about their turnt boy personalities. But like Jack Sparrow, it's there. It's it's right. very clear to see. He's very vocal about it. It is it is deeply ingrained. As part of his character, I love Merlin being a secret turp boy, secret old drunk fool, but I got to give it to Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I don't have a single thing to add to uh, Merlin at all. You covered it all. Magic Happens Merlin is probably the most turnt Merlin. Uh, Merlin in the movie is just psychedelic soul captain of a ship type energy. So maybe we'll see Merlin back on the the highest Disney character bracket whenever we do that one. Uh, but he's definitely not going to take <laughs> take down Jack Sparrow, who is who has really, you know, I almost want to say 
and I can. Here's the take: Jack Sparrow <laughs> helped to bring back tiki culture to like our millennial audience because his obsession of rum kind of went hand in hand with like Disney's revitalization of Trader Sam's, bringing that over to Walt Disney World, kicking off an, a new a new wave tiki craze. Uh, there's literally no other evidence other than what I just said right now to to any of that. So, uh, but I'm gonna say that Jack Sparrow helped revive the tiki culture for this millennial generation. Uh, I'll get more into what makes him specifically a turnt boy next episode when we can really break down. But Kyle Madsen, I would assume that you agree with this pick. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, there's never a moment in any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where you're like, oh, Jack Sparrow's fine. Like, he's doing okay. <laughs> right. hey, he's just constantly on one. So, yeah, that was an easy pick for me. Yeah, totally. And I can't wait until next episode when we get to talk about Pirates 5 Jack Sparrow because that's a whole different level of turn. But you're going to have to tune in next time because we're moving on to the number eight versus number nine matchup. Number eight is Shorty from the movie Tangled. Verse number nine, Pinocchio from Pinocchio. Now, for those who don't know who Shorty is, because I definitely didn't know who Shorty was, uh, in the scene when Rapunzel and our boy Flynn are going to the Snuggling Duckling, which is the the bad guy tavern, uh, they sing a song, I Have a Dream. And in it is this short man with a beard. And that man is shorty <laughs> and shorty evidently lives at this bar because he <laughs> is first introduced sleeping in like a small rowboat that he, they involve in the in the singing number um and he just looks like he's having a very 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 good time now being asleep is definitely a sim- symptom of being a turnt boy i think I think that yeah, like yeah. being so turnt that you're napping in the place that you're getting turnt, turnt boy behavior, thousand percent. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fact night, that he night 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 night, and the fact that he passed out in something that wasn't meant to be slept in, which was this like random wooden boat in this tavern, makes it all the better. Falling asleep and falling asleep when you're not supposed to. Great qualities of a turnt boy. During this song, he also has. A random costume change. Oh, turn boys love costume change. We love themed, <laughs> themed it's parties, true. huh? It's Dressing true. up. It is so true. And our boy dresses up as Cupid. Now, if you know anything about turn boy, if you've ever partied in a area in which uh, costumes are mandatory, there's oftentimes the most turnt has the least amount of clothes on. Or they showed up in the most revealing costume. I'm speaking about boys here. Speaking about boys here. Because the the term boys love to show up like shirtless. To like everything. Sometimes pantless as well. Sometimes pantless as well. Shorty does that here. He's only wearing a diaper and some wings. And he has a (laughs) bow and arrow. This is... My guy is turnt. Like uh, you can stop right there. Like yeah, that's all. I, that's all I really need, and I just might because there's not a whole lot more to Shorty than really that. Um, there's a couple more parts in it, uh, but he specifically how he speaks. But 
I'll let Chris take that one. Uh, so Shorty loves to have a good time with his friends at his favorite drinking establishment. And he is going to put on a show with the rest of his boys. Turn boy. On the other side is Pinocchio. Pinocchio just quite literally doesn't have a brain. My dude is a puppet who can't make decisions for himself. That is the entire tall tale of this movie is listen to your conscience. Don't trust everyone. Don't trust strangers. Make the right decisions. Don't lie. And every little scene of this is a different part of it. So this is obviously peer pressure. This is the, the don't give in to peer pressure because bad things will happen to you. Now, Tess, I know you're rolling your eyes that we're talking about Pinocchio specifically, this Pleasure Island scene. And yes, this scene is awful with the kind of like tra child trafficking portion of it. Uh, so let's assume that they got to Pleasure Island not that way. <laughs> and this is we're, we're dissecting it in the, the pool hall is where I am. So first of all, Pinocchio is not even the most turnt because if you're walking through Pleasure Island, there are kids jumping off from Ferris wheel cart to Ferris wheel cart <laughs> with no regard for their lives. They are so turned on whatever energy, I guess, getting away from their parents forever <laughs> that they're willing to risk their lives to pull some daredevil stuff. That is turn boy behavior. But that's not what Pinocchio engages in. Pinocchio just gives in to peer pressure and takes a drag of a cigar, which makes him very queasy and very sick. But he almost and his eyes begin to water. But he almost is more of that that high turnt than he is turnt boy energy turnt. So just because of that, I'm moving Shorty along. I I think Lampwick is the turnt boy in that pool hall scene. Lampwick sure. is the the other boy that's there with Pinocchio. I mean, that dude has turnt boy swagger. Oh, he's dripping it. He's got the cigar. He's like flourishing the cigar. He's flipping it in the air. He's shooting pool like a boss, which is a total mm -hmm. turnt boy game. Um, he's the one slugging the bruise. Um, yeah, Pinocchio, if anything, Pinocchio can't hang. He's he's like not a not a turnt boy at all. And, but I have a question. Pinocchio takes the drag of the cigar. But, but does Pinocchio have lungs? Like, <laughs> does he have a stomach? I don't know. Like all I could think of was just smoked wood chips that I'm gonna cook some barbecue over or something. You know? And yeah. I don't know. That it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when he like <laughs> swallows the smoke bubble and he he gets sick. The, the blue fairy give you some wooden lungs. Kid? Yeah, I was I was just gonna say like it, that point of, that point of logic is not the one we need to get caught up on in this Pinocchio puppet being alive story. <laughs> but <laughs> lungs, I do want to reference one incredible moment in that scene that gives Pinocchio just the slightest turp boy energy. Jiminy Cricket shows up and he's he's on one about them being bad boys and he storms off and as he's walking away Pinocchio says Lampwick says a guy only lives once translation YOLO <laughs> so Pinocchio being the extremely early Disney movie that it is I can confidently say Pinocchio laid down the very first Disney YOLO of all time Okay, Drake consider 
some royalties going to Pinocchio. Yep. Yeah. Wow. You're right. Lampwick's Lampwick's got the motto. Pinocchio Vio. Pinocchio. There it is. There it is. Um, I'm agreeing with you, Kyle. Shorty is just he's every turnt boy I've ever known. So uh, I'm advancing him. He's got a tough matchup with Jack Sparrow in the next. <laughs> episode but i can't wait to break both of them down because there's there's some fun stuff to talk about with both kyle madsen do you agree with that advancement yeah yeah shorty's performance was was really incredible one of the other turnt boy energy things we saw from pinocchio though is when jiminy cricket leaves and and lampwick was like oh something about that bug and pinocchio was like oh that's just my conscience and he's just ignoring it. And I took exception to Jiminy telling Pinocchio he couldn't be a real boy if he smoked and played pool and drank right. beer. Like, come on. Right, Relax. right. But yeah, sure. Yeah. He's moving on. So let's move on down to the next matchup. It's number four, the squad. Ugh. March Hare, Mad Hatter, and the Dormouse versus number 13, the Minstrel from Sleeping Beauty. This is a heartbreaking matchup because there is some good stuff with both of these. This is going to be a tough one for me. I'll start with the minstrel because I think that's maybe a character not a lot of people remember or recognize or even noticed. Very, very minor character in Sleeping Beauty, but it is such a like obvious gag that's happening during a particular scene. It's when King Hubert and King Stefan, that's Filthy Phil's daddy and <sighs> Briar Rose's daddy, um, and they're, you know, they're on that medieval dark ages houses coming together marriage thing that's super gross um <laughs> and and they do this song called scumps 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 so i did not know what they were saying and in my memory banks i thought they were saying stonks and so <laughs> like i hate to reference wall street bets on this episode but that word started like going viral and they're like stonks and i'm like oh dude that's like what they're saying <laughs> sleeping beauty is stonks um and then i went back and watched it and was disappointed to see that there was a different uh funny word that starts with an s but uh do either of you know what scumps means i do not nope i looked this one up so scumpa is swedish for champagne and also finnish for sparkling wine so huh? it's basically they're just saying cheers and saying whatever it is that they're drinking. Got oh, it. Scumps. Oh, okay, so. Scotch. King Hubert. <laughs> King Hubert. There it is. Just like that. King Hubert summons in this bard, this minstrel character to pour them some drinks. He comes with a little platter. He's got two uh, chalices and the bottle. King Hubert, kind of a turnt boy himself, grabs the whole bottle. And so the minstrel standing there with the two glasses. And while these two kings are wrapped up in their king BS, this bard just keeps like sneaking little pours into oh, yeah. his little goblet. Oh, and he's yeah. like, he's like sip sneaky sipping it uh, <laughs> while the other dudes are uh, preoccupied. And I think we can all agree that like sneaky drinking alcohol when you're not supposed to is something every turnt boy has done. Uh, many yeah. many times there yeah that feels like an actual musician you know like modern day musician yeah. just like going backstage when the when the lead singer leaves to the wing really quick to oh he's grabbing some water 
Nah, he gonna swig a, a quick shot and get back out there. That's the minstrel. And he does that. He's had a few drinks, and then it's his time to play, and he starts shredding. Oh, yeah. He's a little bit tipsy. He starts shredding on the car, and like that is a turnt boy thing. You are a little bit better at activities when you've had like one or two beverages, and then you then you start going down right. after that. And that's what happens. The minstrel breaks the strings on his loot. Um, then it's game over. Then he starts using his loot as a drinking vessel. <laughs> like so great. I would just like to point out one thing about the appearance of this character. Looks like Eric Idle. Come on. Yeah, pretty much straight up, which is so Looks funny. exactly like our favorite actor from the Disney Parks universe, Eric Idle. So he's sneaking drinks, um, and then he just drinks so much that he passes out underneath the table. Passing and out where you're not supposed to. All that to. you can see are his little feet sticking out. The the other two kings like continue their dialogue and they're walking around and the, the little feet are still just <laughs> sticking out from underneath the table. This dude's gone. He oh, he wakes up from his drunken stupor just in time to be put to sleep by Meriwether. Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm alive again. <laughs> no, you're not. You're dead. Um... That's like day drinking and then waking up in time for like actual bedtime. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Nothing worse than exactly. waking up at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I really like this character. He has kind of the benefit of, of having a very limited role in the movie. He's kind of like shorty where like we only know him as a turnt boy. And so, some of these other characters like have equally as turnt moments but because we spend so much time with them, like their turntness becomes a smaller portion of their of their character. If that makes sense. Yeah. Minstrels, a turnt boy, and and that's it. So he's going up though against March Hare, <laughs> Mad Hatter, and the Dornmouse, who Alright, I think the best way to do it is just to just go from the top. POV, you're Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Stuff has been crazy. Uh, you've seen some weird birds that are shaped like pencils. Some flowers are singing. Doors are expanding and shrinking. You've taken a couple pills. Round the corner, little house, you just see a table. Giant table, huge, huge layer of smoke. Huge. Atop this table. And you're just like, what's going on over there? And at the end of that table are two very turnt boys. <laughs> So at the end of the table is a rabbit with crazy eyes and a man with a hat that is the size of his body. Um, and, and, and they have their friend who is a mouse living inside of a teacup. There is hat. His hat's way too small. Um, so they're singing, they're singing the unbirthday song. A very merry unbirthday to me, to who, to you, to me, to you. Whatever it is. Um, this song is about partying 365 days a year. Thousand percent. That's literally percent. what it's about. It's partying every it's single about, day. Like, never stopping partying. Party 24 uh, 7. We don't know what's in the tea. Uh, any number of herbal things could be in this tea. We have no idea. Uh, that is making them extremely excited. 
um, making them a nonsensical, a very difficult time remembering things that they have just been told to them. Yep. There's undoubtedly a psychedelic thing happening here with, with these three. I mean, and the one of the most turnt boy moves of that scene is when Alice goes to sit down and Mad Hatter and the hair freak out. Like, basically, who do you know here, bro? Why, why are you sitting at our table right now? And the, and the Dormouse is like, it's very rude indeed. <laughs> it's just like, this is any, like, if you show up to a party three hours past the, the start time, you're going to encounter these three the second you enter through the door. And it's one of those situations where, like, clearly there's enough alcohol on the table for me to be here. <laughs> also, there's literally no one here. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm helping your party by being here, dude. Like, right, exactly. Man, I've got some other things on here, and I absolutely love the minstrel. Super underrated Disney character, period. But March Hare and Mad Hatter and Dormouse are, are life time partiers like it's nuts it's nuts so yeah. i'm advancing them here yeah i have a ton to add to that but we'll hold on to it till next time but i will say a point that is extremely turnt of the trio is when they set off the firework from the cake whenever you get to the point of of turnness <laughs> where you're ready to start uh, lighting things on fire is when you've reached that moment right before falling asleep where you're not supposed to. <laughs> That's the next step. So well, they do that in this scene. They're extremely turned. We don't know what the tea is. Alice never even gets to drink the tea because they keep forgetting that they've either given it to her or the pots are different orientations and they spill and they pour different ways. We'll dive all into that in the next one. Kyle, do you agree with this trio moving on past the Sleeping Beauty minstrel? Yeah, this was this was an easy one. The the Sleeping Beauty minstrel to me had less turnt boy energy and more I never party, but here's my chance uh, energy. And the the Alice trio was was likely going to move on anyway. So totally, totally. So let's move on to the next matchup. It's number five, Thor. Verse number 12, Uncle Waldo. We missed a pretty golden opportunity to talk about Thor as a big Disney sad boy. Because in Endgame, my boy is so sad about so many things. Uh, I might have brought this up in the Marvel bracket. I don't really, re I don't really remember because the Marvel bracket broke my brain. But <laughs> you did. he is you did bring very... He, yeah, okay, good. He's very sad about losing to, Th to Thanos. And he's very sad about losing his mom. And he's taking this all out by drinking very heavily. Um, it's kind of funny because in the rest of the MCU up until that point, he seems to be able to drink very heavily without it really affecting him. And then we get to this point in Endgame where like he's Big Lebowski hungover, needs breakfast, needs another beer. Like he he's taking on these like human effects. I thought that was very interesting and Travis if you're listening why why did Thor take on these human qualities tell me what the comic books say <laughs> um 
Thor embodies turnt boyness because if there's anything that turnt boys love more than just consuming a nice, ice cold, good tasting beer, is chugging it. And Thor knows how to chug. He's also uh, very open to receiving drinks from literally anybody that hands it to him. So in the scene with Doctor Strange, when Doctor Strange keeps like refilling his beer after he just completely downs it, he's like, all right, great, another beer. Um, And he's also very expert at not spilling that beer. Doctor Strange transports him to different parts of the house without him knowing that he's about to do that. And beer, for the most part, stays in that mug. (laughs) Term boys know how to do that. I have a very specific case of that. I went to Hawaii with a bunch of other turnt boy and girls one time and we were sitting on a beach and the tide had come in way too hot for our uh, our capabilities of getting away and it swept us in and not one person let their beer can go <laughs> under that water. Incredible Every stuff. beer can above the head. Turntness is putting your drink before your safety and Thor experiences that in that scene with Doctor Strange. He's up against Uncle Waldo. Uncle Waldo is a character that confuses the hell out of me. His name is Uncle Waldo. He is a goose. He's from the movie The Aristocats. He looks like he's getting thrown out of a of like a bar, Le Petit Café. But really, he's like escaping a chef uh, from being from cooking him. But I like that kind of innuendo that it's like a drunk being thrown out of a bar, you know, like the the chef having to kick him out feels very turnt boyness. And he's obviously actually turnt. Like he is sloshed. He is so drunk. And it's because as the chef was trying to cook him, he was basted in white wine. And being basted is essentially it's supposed to happen during like the cooking process and uncle waldo is like fully feathered and straight chilling so either i i don't know i (laughs) i have theories that are so inappropriate for this podcast of how he (laughs) consumed this wine like how this chef put white wine into this tail featherless goose that's that's the quickest way to get turned. Science. My man's has no tail feathers. A chef was about to cook him. He needed to be basted in white wine, which is usually poured over during the cooking process. But if you're running a cafe, you're the only chef, you might try to do that a little quicker. Who knows where that white wine was being inserted to? So Uncle Waldo is <laughs> hammered. He stumbles onto the street, encounters Abigail and Amelia, two other geese that are with the Aristocats, and they're like, oh, it's Uncle Waldo. And he is just (laughs) stumbling all over the place, can hardly speak. He is slurring his words. Um, He's also at one point, and Chris, maybe you can elaborate on this because I didn't write the line in my notes, but he's like screaming something in the streets. as he's having a conversation with Amelia and Abigail. I don't know if you remember this. It's um, it's the perfect turnt boy line. Yeah. He's saying, shh, you'll wake up the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, ah! That's right. 
that's right. That's right. And I wrote that. I wrote down that screaming in the streets seems like some New York City. Sh- I wake up to it literally every yeah. single, literally every morning, <laughs> literally every morning. People will be yelling things not turned though. So it's kind of hard to compare in New York. Sure, 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 sure. He was also like really mad that he was about to be cooked. Like he's like, oh, the chef in there trying to cook me. Look at me on this in, uh, on this menu. And he's reading off the ingredients. And until he gets to basted in white wine and then his face just turns into like yeah yeah white wine like (laughs) that's exactly what that was that's what i'm on right now question for the two of you amelia and abigail call him uncle waldo are they his nieces or are is that just like oh that's old uncle waldo like just he's the 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 street drunk like it was a really the interaction was weird amongst these it, these three geese yeah i'm getting weird like sugar daddy energy um right. where like they know each other from the bar scene and at some point they were all turned together and decided it would be funny if they call each other uncle and nieces sure sure or maybe that's what they're into could be could be <laughs> kyle thank you so- <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh, my uncle Dave introduces himself as Uncle Dave to every one of my friends. Okay, sure. So yeah, it yeah, might yeah. be that's that's kind of what I was thinking because the tension there is uh, palpable, <laughs> to say the very least. Um, and another through line in these turnt Disney characters is that they often hiccup, and Uncle Waldo is no different. Disney loves to show that a character is absolutely sloshed by making them hiccup. And that's what happens with Uncle Waldo. Um, This scene is just such turnt boy energy. And and that screaming in the streets that you're going to wake up the neighborhood is just peak that. Thor is a god who drank because he was sad, but there was never turn up energy out of him. Uh, his turn up energy only showed up out of like revenge and it was never really when he was consuming alcohol. Like he, he, if he's turned, then all of the superheroes are turned because they're all just wild now all the time. Uh, I don't think that he's quite as turned as uncle Waldo being belligerent, being crass, being loud. So I like uncle Waldo here. I'm going the 12, five upset. So. I kind of hate Uncle Waldo. I, oh. I just I just don't like the guy. And Thomas O'Malley even has a line. He's like, you know what? I like Uncle Waldo. And I'm like, what what is it? What about Uncle Waldo do you do you like? Like, you're on this adventure to get back home. You've just walked hundreds of miles and now there's a drunk guy yelling at you and you're like, I like this guy. No, you'd be like, this dude needs to get out of here. Like, we're trying to get home. Dude, shut up. Gooses, keep walking. Gooses? I just feel, yeah, geeses, gooses, Goose-eye. ganders. I don't, I don't know what it's called. So, I, I don't know. I just feel like in this point in the movie, I, I, just, I hate his energy. His turp boy energy, I guess, doesn't make me happy. And that's kind of like, 
you know, there's pros and cons to being a turt boy and to being around turt people. There's a time and place for it. This is not the time or place for it. Thor, I agree that he doesn't seem like turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up kind of guy. But there are people out there that are high functioning drunk people. I have known many where the morning after they'll be like, I was gone last night. I don't even remember it. And you'll be like, I literally thought you were completely sober. (laughs) So to say that he's like not a turn boy. Yeah. He maybe doesn't do the outward expression of stereotypical turn person, but maybe that's just how he consumes alcohol. He's got the secret stuff, which I want to talk about the stuff that messes up Stan Lee. Yep. Uh, it is, it's in age of Ultron when they're having this Avengers party. He gets his little flask out. He says, it's aged for a thousand years in the barrels built from the wreck of Grunhal's fleet. It is not meant for mortal men. <laughs> and Stanley's like, what does he say? It's something about World War II. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, give it to me. And then he's dead. He, they have to carry him out of the party. So like... He's such a turnt boy. He drinks so much that he can't drink with humans because like <laughs> no amount of alcohol can get him as drunk as them. Mm. Okay. Um, you referenced all of the Dr. Strange stuff, which is awesome. Strange gives him that beer as like a um, peace offering. Totally. Because much like Jack Sparrow, I guess alcohol consumption is a major part of Thor's personality. In Endgame, like you said, very turnt, Lebowski energy. Tony even calls him Lebowski, which if you don't know who that is, the dude from Big Lebowski, one of the most iconic drunk people in the history of (laughs) entertainment. Mm -hmm. Thor tries to give a presentation while drunk, trying to explain the ether (laughs) and what happened to it in (laughs) Thor Dark World, which was like a perfect reference to Thor Dark World being very convoluted and confusing. (laughs) Watch a drunk person try to explain it. They literally can't and they pull him off the stage. It's so funny. At one point, he's like sitting in a chair with glasses on and they're like, is he is he sleeping? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Him, Um, Him giving that presentation is like, I totally forgot about it, but that is great. Like so good. Trying to accomplish a task that you know you're not up for. That's right. turn. Also willing to go about your day while turn. Right. Just be like, this is fine. Like I can just go to the grocery store while turn. Like who says no? <laughs> very realistic, very human. That's why I like him over Uncle Waldo, which means Kyle Madsen, you're Ooh. breaking your first tie here. So one thing I want to bring up real quick, the my favorite part about Tony calling Thor Lebowski is that Jeff Bridges played Lebowski and Jeff Bridges was Tony's partner in Thor, which was which was great. Anyway, that's right. Um I have Waldo moving on here because Ooh. this dude is clearly sloshed a lot, but he can still move around. 
So his tolerance is high, but he's still trashed, which means he had a lot to drink. And he's enjoying himself. Thor, like, dude, I've been there. Like, I've been <laughs> at the point where you just sit there and you just drink because you don't know what to do. Like, sure. It's and and then and then Smart Hulk says it's about Thanos. And he just like it just drops. And I feel like the turn boy energy is not there because the the name Thanos just took him out of whatever he was in. And I get that the whole part with like noob master, like that, that whole thing, like you're attacking a kid online. That's, that's a very turnt thing to do. But to me, he's more Kyle. I think you hit it on the head. He's more sad than anything. And Waldo's, he's just trying to, trying to party and get it in with his geese niece. <laughs> <laughs> So I got Waldo moving on. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and hop over to the other side of the bracket where we've got number two, Gaston versus number 15, Mr. Smee. Kyle Madsen, you had a tweet about Gaston. Yeah. Not too long ago. I will give you the floor if you have anything you need to get off your chest about Gaston. Yeah. Dude, he's okay. So I first saw Beauty and the Beast when I was maybe like four. And then just hadn't watched it again. I recently watched it, and Gaston is very, very problematic. Like he's oh, he's yeah. he's an issue on on multiple fronts, both in the way he treats men and specifically women. Um, he's clearly super manipulative. The way people just kind of follow him around and just like, oh, no one does this like Gaston. And, oh, Gaston. It's just there's like he's bad in the movie. But my brain goes to what does he do outside of the movie that we don't see that makes people so intimidated and scared of this guy? And I just think the way he treats people is is not is not great. And I am on the cancel Gaston train <laughs> because Gaston sucks a lot. Yeah. It's a good thing he's a villain yes. because that's the energy they're fighting in the movie. And they win. Correct. Yes. Right. So, so yeah, let's talk about Gaston. Um, number two, that's a very high seed. And Seriously. I'm trying to think back on the movie, and everyone remembers the Gaston scene. And in your head, it's like they're in a tavern, there's beer flowing everywhere, they're singing a song, like, turn, turn, turn. But I've seen this movie so many times, particularly this scene so many times, and I'm like, I don't remember Gaston ever drinking a beer, though. I do know that he drinks a couple beers in live action because I've cut a few gifs or screenshots or something from that scene for a tweet. Yeah. But I'm throwing that one away. I'm like, I don't think he drinks a beer. So I queue up, queue up the scene. He's in the tavern. He let's be real. Like short, he lived. That's his house. He lives no. in that tavern. Yes, he has uh, his chair in front of yeah. the fireplace. Like a this throne. is his spot. Yeah, he, yep. he, 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 he like lives. That. I mean, that's that's big turn boy. Uh, so I'm like, okay, when's he gonna drink this beer? The scene opens up. Lafu walks up to him with two beers. I'm like, all right, he's got two beers. So they're gonna have to drink these. Gaston grabs both the beers, and I like paused it to write down like Gaston grabs both beers and I'm like expecting him to just like waterfall both beers. But no, he does something even more turnt than that. He takes both full glasses of beer and throws them into the fire, creating a (laughs) fireball. Yeah. 
Like, if there's something that is more turnt than chugging a beer, it's taking a completely full <laughs> beer and throwing it on the ground. All right. Fair point. That is in a whole different bracket than some of these people on this bracket. Like, <laughs> throwing your alcohol, Kyle, you said it. Like, when you're a turnt boy, you're protecting that alcohol. It's like, right. when, you're, when you're more turnt than turnt, You've lost the ability to (laughs) protect your own drink. It's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Smash it. Totally. So I love that for Gaston. He eventually does drink a beer. It's not in the song, though. It's when he's having the meeting with the asylum guy. It's a wide shot. Blink and you'll miss it. He just waterfalls one. Hmm. Right before they start the dialogue. So... Obviously, he's got the Gaston number. He's not drinking during this scene, but he is rousing the crowd. And that is really the number one thing you have to take away from Gaston being a turnboy is this dude can work an audience. Oh, absolutely. He's got the the bar goers drinking, egging them on to drink. He shoots holes in this barrel so that they can fill their flagons with ale. He's juggling eggs. He's flexing for everyone. They're like applauding him. They love Gaston. Later on, he manipulates them into killing the beast. (laughs) There's even a shot of him like on a horseback leading the entire city out to go kill the beast. Yeah. This guy is super manipulative. Yes. Which is a very negative trait. He's super convincing and apparently very charming, which is, which is very turn boy, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing that is sort of reading between the lines, but it's sort of also very obvious in the final showdown with the beast, he shoots the beast with an arrow. Beast stumbles out the window. They're like on this rooftop. It's raining. The beast is hiding behind a statue and Gaston's like, where are you now, beast? It's a literal come at me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) And I, it's just his turntness works on so many levels. He's got the singing, like you said before, not afraid to break out in the song. He does that when he's first introduced, when he says, yep. here in town, there's only me who is beautiful as she. <laughs> he's a singer. He does some dancing at the end of the Gaston number. He does a little waltz with LeFou. He's got it all. Going up against Mr. Smee, who profiles a lot like the minstrel. He is like the sneaky drinker. I don't know how he got a bottle of alcohol, but he gets it and he's hiding it inside Captain Hook's piano and is taking drinks out of it when Captain Hook turns away. Right. Um, He doesn't get particularly drunk. He does slur his words a bit. Mm -hmm. He's got some hiccups. Um, he falls over. He starts crying at some point. So he's an emotional drunk, which is a thing. So it's definitely a thing. And maybe, maybe like the most convincing turp boy thing that Smee does is he somehow gets the bottle stuck on his thumb and then he takes it off. And so there's some alcohol on his thumb and he licks it. Like yeah. the true turnt boy knows that you cannot waste a drop. Anyone who's ever Zambonied before or encouraged <laughs> someone else to do a Zamboni before knows that you cannot spill the alcohol. Not a drop can be wasted. And Mr. Smee 
obeys those rules. Ultimately, I think Gaston's just a more rounded turnt boy. Uh, we don't get we don't see him really get super inebriated, but just like his general energy is, is much more turnt than Mr. Smee. So I'm advancing him. I have a theory about Gaston for everybody. All right. Let's Drop go. it on me. All right. So in the song, in his song, he talks about how many eggs he can eat. Five dozen. Five dozen. That's so many eggs. That's so many eggs. You know why? He's got because some he has farts, one. Bro. He has one Gaston continuous. Again. He has one continuous hangover, and in order to cure it, those five dozen eggs are raw. Hangover cures in the mythology of hangover cures say like drink a raw egg. Add the raw egg to your smoothie or whatever. That that cures it right up. His hangovers are so bad that he must consume five dozen eggs. And it that that's is up, so deep. And that's it's incredible stuff. From when he was a child. Because he consumed, what do you say? <laughs> no. One one dozen eggs? Four or dozen. He, four dozen when he was a kid. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. to get strong. The f- next dozen eggs was to cure that hangover, but also keep his bulk up. Bulking season, always. Bulking season all the time for Gaston, but also I like oh. to drink, so I need to add that extra dozen <laughs> eggs in the morning to cure that hangover so I can go sit at my throne in the tavern. So is Gaston Incredible. the type of turp boy who puts vodka in his protein powder? <laughs> I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. He... <laughs> He's the type of turnt boy that like during the pregame is like, let me also take pre-workout. Right. R.I.P. <laughs> that is all I can say. <laughs> so Gaston is the worst, but also does have all of that turnt boy energy, including inciting a mob. Like, that's a different level of turnt boyness, and mm. we've seen it even in real life. Um, up against Mr. Smee, you're right, has a great, great just drunk moment, uh, literally getting turned while Captain Hook is distracted, trying to extract info from Tinkerbell. Um, but that that turnt boy energy might not quite be there. He also has a great moment, though, when uh, he's taking orders from Captain Hook and trying to act cool. Like... Another great turnt boy quality is, no, I'm not drunk. And Smee does that a lot during this. And he tells him to take notes. And he goes, he goes, oh, like, you need to go take notes, realizing that it's directed at him. Does a salute and is just pouring out the wine that he's drinking because <laughs> he's saluting with the hand that has the, the wine bottle. While... Preserving alcohol is turnt boy move. Forgetting that it's in your vicinity and knocking it over, pouring it out, doing any of that stuff is also at the same time very turnt. It's less turnt to like hold something and just not consume it. I think that's where it becomes not turnt. You can either place something down and forget where you placed it down, turnt. Either Preserve it at all costs and while you're drinking it, that's turnt. Or you accidentally spill it in the least like in the least ideal spot that you could ever do it, that's turnt. So Mr. Smee does that. 
But the rest of the like movie, he doesn't really embody that. He's more just afraid, wacky, Pinocchio vibes, just kind of brainless. Yes. Um, yes. And so that's while he has a fantastic turnt moment, I don't think he's the most turnt in this matchup. So I agree with you, Chris. Gaston's going to move on, even though he's the worst. Kyle, what are your thoughts there? I'm not sure Gaston is turnt as much as he is just an asshole. Sure. Like, I, it feels like to me it's more roid rage than mm. being Fair. like lit. Yeah. So, um, while I'm inclined to agree, um, I think that Smee takes so much crap from Captain Hook because that's his path to booze. And he sure. is a drunkard yeah. who has taken a spot on a pirate ship as this kind of uh um uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Not right hand man, but like a like like first mate. Yeah, first mate, but like low on the totem pole intern sure. type role. Swab if I, if I He's may. The yeah, swab. A swab. Yeah, there you go. And he does that from what I can tell specifically for the booze, because it's not like he's dressed, wow. living lavish. Um, it's not like he gets treated well. That that was that was the argument for for Smee. But if you are going off of the fact that maybe Gaston drinks more than uh, is let on in the film, then then I think you move him on. But if if Smee had won that, it would not have been, I think, a massive upset. Sure, I think that you're definitely right. I see I see your your perspective there, um, for sure. But number two, Gaston, powerhouse, moving on. And the next matchup is number seven, Horace and Jasper from the classic, the masterpiece that is 101 <laughs> Dalmatians versus number 10, Valkyrie from Thor Ragnarok slash the second half of the second part of the MCU. Um, let's talk a little bit about Horace and Jasper, everybody. Love these oh, two. Oh, boy. Uh, this, these two are... You know, this is a similar matchup to Merlin and Jack in this, in my opinion, because yeah. Horace and Jasper are have a moment of turntness, but overall, they're actually kind of competent. They get the job done. They're making moves. They're they're assisting Cruella when the puppies go missing from their their watch, like. They're not necessarily like bumbling idiot sidekicks. They're for hire crooks that are decent at their job. And it's really Cruella that spoils it all for them. Their turn moment is when they have captured the 101 Dalmatians and they're in Cruella's like side mansion. And they're all chilling. The dogs are watching TV, which is 1929's Silly Symphony Springtime, which is a fun little like Disney nod from the old days. And uh, as they're doing it, Jasper is chilling on the couch, drinking some what we can pretty much assume to be his wine. And if there's not a more Kyle Skinner moment than like laid up on the couch drinking alcohol and watching <laughs> old school Disney animation. Like that's, that's my Saturday night right there. That's I relate heavily to Jasper in the, in that, 
in that moment, just post it up. The most like turnt thing is that Jasper doesn't want to share with Horace. He doesn't want to share his drink. Um, Horace is like eating a sandwich and is like, yo, just just a couple swigs. And uh, Jasper's like, nah, man, I this is mine. You're gonna get crumbs in it. <laughs> and and Horace is like, it's gonna give you the uh the wobbles anyways. And I was like, wobbles is a great word. What does that mean? It just means a stomach ache, which makes me think that this is indeed like wine. He's sipping an entire bottle of wine. Kyle Madsen from the saddest Pixar moment, you could probably attest. Did you have a stomach ache after consuming an entire bottle of wine? Yeah, definitely had the collie wobbles for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this kind of bickering over alcohol amount is very turnt of these two, you know. And Chris, you brought it up, like uh, showing up to the the mad tea party and then trying to kick you out. Like, listen. You have all this alcohol. I'm just trying to help you consume. It's the same situation here. Like you don't need that entire bottle of wine. Share it with me. So it's a very turnt conversation. And then the turnt boy moment is Jasper absolutely yeeting his <laughs> bottle into the wall uh, when Sergeant Tibbs is discovered and crushing it against the wall. Like that's the same thing as Gaston throwing his beer into the fire like completely yeeting your alcohol is that next level of turn fortunately they're up against valkyrie valkyrie is space jack sparrow especially in thor ragnarok i'm sure that she like isn't anymore once we get to um what is it love and thunder yeah is the next yes. Thor movie that's coming out i'm sure that we won't see she will be not this valkyrie um she will be if we ever get like an origin story of her, I'm hopefully. sure we'll see this. Like, honestly, yeah. hopefully, yeah, seriously. More Tessa um, Thompson she, is always good. Yes, absolutely. Tessa Thompson is phenomenal, and she plays a very great drunk pirate. Is essentially what she is. She's capturing loot and bringing them to a boss, and that's what like privateers essentially were uh, back in the day. And so she's. We're introduced to her. She's obviously been drinking. Her spaceship opens up when Thor lands in this like junkyard and she walks down her little off ramp of her ship and immediately falls off of it. <laughs> turn. Forgetting where you're walking. You're missing your step. <laughs> Big turn energy. Uh, we see her multiple. We see her at a bar. We see her drinking multiple times. Like, I don't want to get into the details because I'd really like us to dive into it next episode because Valkyrie is obviously the most turnt in this matchup. Yeah, I, I agree with Valkyrie advancing here. Um, Horace and Jasper, if I was going to make a comparison, I would shout out Eddie Valiant from Roger Rabbit and Travers Goff from Mr. Banks. This is why this bracket's interesting. If we were to do a drunkest Disney character, that's like a very objective bracket. Sure. Like that's measurable. Yeah. Tur biggest turn boy. There's some room to negotiate. Travers Goff, Eddie Valiant are alcoholics. They drink yes. all day, every day, hard alcohol. And it's not turn boy. It's like sad boy sad with drink. substance abuse. So Horace and Jasper, I kind of get some of those vibes maybe with them where like Cruella is super mean to them. Kind of like Kyle was talking about with Mr. Smee, um, where 
the alcohol doesn't translate into high happy energy. And Valkyrie loves having a good time. And a lot of times yep. there's alcohol involved. So I think it's a no contest for me. And Valkyrie's advancing. So Kyle, do you agree with that? Yeah, Horace and Jasper were just kicking up for a nice night in. Like that That's all that was going on there. Valkyrie, totally. I, I, I'm excited to dig into a little bit deeper. But in this matchup, she's definitely the winner. All right, so let's move on to the next matchup. It's number three, Dumbo and Timothy versus 14, Brom Bones. Dumbo and Timothy, we talked about them as a drunk dynamic duo in our Uh, best Disney duos bracket. And I want to have a conversation about this, y'all, because I think there's room for interpretation. So they're at the circus. They find a bucket. Timothy is like, let's get you something to drink. We assume he means water. Dumbo takes some sips, starts blowing some bubbles. Timothy takes some sips, starts floating on bubbles. Um, it's champagne, according to Wikipedia, but they they like a psychedelic aspect to it as well. They start seeing pink elephants, and they're like blowing smoke ring bubbles and stuff too. But the question is. Did Timothy know what was in that bucket? I don't think so. Because he was even surprised to see Dumbo in the state that he was in and was very explorative when he hopped into the bucket. Uh, I don't think that he knew. Um, also, the like blowing bubbles aspect is very like turnt Disney. You see it a lot in these characters that do consume alcohol, including the minstrel when he's falling asleep under the table, blowing out bubbles as he snores. So I see where you're going, but I don't even think it was uh, champagne. I think it was a big bucket of absinthe. Oh, <laughs> yes, excellent. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, either way, like whose drink is this? And why yes, did you put exactly. it in a dirty wooden bucket in a circus? <laughs> T- Timothy does say, what's wrong with you? Let's get you some water. Right. So I think that's what he thought it was. I think he genuinely thought it was that. Right. There had to have been a human character, though, who like was like, what am I going to do with this absinthe? Oh, there's a bucket over there. I'm going to pour it in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't <laughs> what? there a scene? Who doesn't? Maybe that? I'm wrong. But wasn't there a scene when, where the clowns were like turning up in a tent? It's right before I, that. Right. So I I wonder if those clowns were turned and maybe the only way that they take uh, actually I don't know. I'm I'm just rambling now, but like maybe the way that they keep these like a, a keg situation when they can't have kegs is to put all of the alcohol into a bucket to keep. And they keep it outside because maybe it's cold wherever they're posted up. Kind of like you throw beers out into the snow when you're in a cabin. Same situation here. I, I don't know. I'm reaching here, but uh, that's what I was thinking as well. I Why mean, is it in a bucket? It could be a, like a kombucha type situation too, where you have to like <laughs> grow. You have to like grow something inside yeah. that like ferments, Those and that's cultures. what gives it like the psychedelic qualities to it. Um, there's also kind of like a weird line from Timothy. He commands Dumbo. He says, "Take a trunk full." Now hold your breath. Yeah. It's like, that's, 
Does holding your breath like make you more drunk, more quicker? He's trying to get rid of his hiccups. <laughs> yeah, getting rid of the hiccups. Because oh, the whole reason was he was crying so much that he got the hiccups. So he, Timothy was like, drink some water, hold your breath, you'll get rid of it. But when to, really it just like made him hammered for some reason. But to Chris's point, I was watching the movie. I was following the storyline. And when he said, now hold your breath, I was like, oh, I'm going to try that next time. Like I drink. <laughs> And then I realized I made the connection with the hiccups after the fact. Well, when you when you have hiccups, you get drunk faster. Also, doing jumping jacks gets you drunk faster. Doing push-ups gets you... Any kind of physical activity that pumps your blood faster gets you drunk get faster. Get out of town. Yes. Um, huh. Fun fact. So, oh, have either of you seen that video... I don't think it's Hitchcock. I think it's just like a viral Twitter or Instagram video of a kid. It looks like he's walking home from either like a, a concert. I think it's probably a college football game. And he's like on his phone and he's just falling backwards. Yeah. The whole time he's in like Sperry's. He looks like a classic like Alabama student or something. Right. He's like and walking he like, forwards, but also falling backwards. He's like, it's like an ridiculous amount of time where he's just like walking backwards against a huge crowd of people. He yes, just can't stand yes, up. Yes. Timothy does that in this scene <laughs> where he's like got that lean back where it's like oh. Uh, so the pink elephants appear. I guess that's turnt. What's most turnt is where they end up. They wake up inside of a tree. Yep. Um. You have to be a certain level of turn to wake up in an unexpected location and be surprised when you do. Be like, <laughs> I don't remember coming here. Maybe for like a second, you might be like, oh, wait, what, where am I? Oh, oh, that's right. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, nope. Nope, I teleported <laughs> here for sure. They have this conversation with the crows. Um, Timothy is just acting super hungover. He's annoyed by being woken up early in the morning. <laughs> Dumbo and Timothy are going up against Brom Bones. We briefly talked about Brom Bones in our Halloween movies bracket. He's in the Sleepy Hollow section of The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. That the name of the movie? Yep. Sounds right? Yep. Uh, Brom Bones is, is like a Gaston Jr. He's like a town beefcake who is out here like punking people, being super manipulative, super thirsty for a woman in town, but he is a drinker like more so than Gaston. Uh, we see him roll up on a horse. Then he like intimidates a guy into just stealing a whole barrel of alcohol. Yeah. Mean meanwhile, the narrator says the narrator calls him the self-appointed leader always ready for a fight or a frolic. Now that is the type of drunk person I do not want to be around. Uh, right. I've seen them like out. No one I'm friends with is one of those like I want to get into a fight people, but like they're out there. Um, So it's a thing. Yeah, steals alcohol. <sighs> not cool, but turnt people do it sometimes. The narrator, The narrator goes on to say, He's much given to madcap pranks and practical jokes. He has waggish humor and prodigious strength. So much like Gaston, he's just like a 
a party starter, a guy who's like center of attention, stand on the table, look at me yeah. type of guy. So he's got this big barrel of alcohol, pours around for all the boys. It's got one, two, three glasses of beer. They all drink it. He chugs one, two. Then what does he do? He punches a hole in the lid and gets the animals drunk. Yep. He's got like three puppies and a horse like drinking out of it. Like, whoa, you got to be messed up to start wanting to get your animals also messed up. Seriously, seriously. How how much do you think that scene played into Disney's little disclaimer at the front that's like, hey, <laughs> movies used to suck. How much was that scene where they're like, oh, we got to put the disclaimer on that? Yeah, I think thirty six percent minimum. <laughs> Just that scene alone. So it's a short scene. This character is not a major Disney character, but uh, I'm glad he's in here. Also, like in the end of the movie, he punks Ichabod. When they're at the party, he in- invents the Sleepy Hollow headless horseman thing. He's assumed to be the head headless horseman, so he's playing pranks. Uh, I think all of that is kind of like backseat to the alcohol thing. Um, Dumbo and Timothy seem to be accidental turnt boys. It seems like they're having a great time, but like Brom Bones is starting this party and he's making sure not only is he indulging himself, other people are indulging around them and everyone knows a good turnt boy or turnt girl forces drinks upon others because (laughs) you do not want to be turnt alone. So I'm advancing Brom Bones in the upset. Wow. I'm going the opposite of you because I think that the better turnt boys are the ones that do it and then maybe don't want to hurt everyone around them. Uh, And one specific moment, like if Dumbo and Timothy were matched up against Gaston, their moment of turnt is way better than Mr. Smee's moment of turn. And I think that would have propelled them over Gaston, which is kind of the mindset I'm going here versus Brom Bones. And specifically, what I think might be the greatest turn moment in animated history, because I do think this is is turn. This is also like turn and high, which is why I think that this was absent. Like, I think that they they indulged in a little absinthe chugging was when Timothy is done messing around, drinking in his bubble, pops, lands on this bucket. They turn to each other and Timothy like waves at Dumbo and Dumbo <laughs> waves at him and they just start cracking up. I love that moment because they are both like, yo, we're messed up right now. Like... <laughs> We thought this was water. <laughs> it's so good. And so like really that moment alone and just the energy that I get from these two is going to go over Brom Bones for me. I see where you're coming from, Chris, and I respect it because I do think that Brom Bones is a turnt boy. He's just not my best turnt boy in this matchup. Kyle Madsen, you're breaking this tie. I've got Brom Bones moving on for two reasons. Whoa. One. Here we go. One. He says the words, Odds Bodkins Gadzooks, <laughs> which is like a step below the Higgledy Figgledy song. So that was one. And then we've talked about the dancing and singing in this. 
That dancing and singing number was very much a like barely coordinated drunk guy. And he sure. picked out the guy he wanted to make fun of. And he was going to go after that guy. And I just, I, I think Brom Bones is who Gaston's minions think Gaston is. So yeah. I'm moving him on. All right. Completely fair. Brom Bones with the 14-3 upset moves on to the next episode. And we're in our final matchup. It is Buzz Lightyear at the number six seed versus number 11, Tony Stark. I'm so happy that I get to talk about Mrs. Nesbitt. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I somehow, my buddy and I in high school, rediscovered our, our love for Toy Story. And in that love for Toy Story, this scene was not a memory in our brains. So rewatching it as teenagers, this is such a hilarious moment. If you've lived under a rock and you don't know what I'm talking about, Buzz loses his arm because he thinks he can fly out of the window of Sid's house, falls to the ground, arm pops off, and he goes full sad Thor on us and decides to drink his sorrows away. But of course, this is a toy universe. So he's he's not drinking, but he's in this drinking situation. Nothing's real. Could have been drinking fake alcohol, which actually got him drunk. Who knows? <laughs> so he's sitting in... Sid's sister's room with these two other dolls that Sid has operated on. They no longer have heads. And he's sitting there uh, and (laughs) he's having a conversation with them. And he says, Woody shows up to to take him away, to get him back because he he needs him to to get over to Andy's house. And (laughs) Buzz has completely lost his mind and he is hammered. All of it's gone. Bye-bye. Woohoo. See ya. <laughs> like he's just rambling, upset, and he goes, "One minute you're defending the whole galaxy. <laughs> Suddenly, you find yourself sucking down Darjeeling with Marie Antoinette and her little sisters." <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It's not just that. It's sucking down Darjeeling <laughs> with Marie Antoinette and your little sister. <laughs> so, it's like it's like the quietest whisper ever. It's so weird. It's so it's it's just a fantastic <laughs> dialogue between him and Woody. Um Woody's basically like, "All right, all right, man, let's get you out of here." And Buzz goes, "Don't you get it? You see that? I am Mrs. Nesbit." And just starts laughing maniacally. This interaction has happened to basically anyone that's ever gone out with somebody who's going through something, let's say a breakup, and drinks way too much. And they're like, all right, let's get you out of here. No, no, I'm fine. (laughs) The lift is here. We got to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the lift is here. This is the lift is here moment for sure. He's, He's like sad, but he's not like, Thor sad in my opinion he's like getting turned and creating his new reality with these dolls and Woody's interaction with him like come on let's go is different than like when Rocket and Smart Hulk went to get Thor like this is a much better turnt moment because it's it feels like what a turnt interaction with somebody who's going through something would would actually be like 
And then, of course, besides this, sneaky turn buzz is when buzz goes Spanish mode. I have a friend who on her 21st birthday went out with all of her sorority sisters, ended up having to go to the hospital as some people who turn 21 and drink too much do. And the hospital had to call her sister because she would not stop speaking in French and no one in the hospital spoke (laughs) French. That's hilarious. Speaking another language, whether it's just flexing on everyone that you know another language or because you're so hammered that like you're out of that reality and you're just speaking another language is that also that like I'm about to fall asleep where I'm not going to fall like where I shouldn't be falling asleep. That's that level right before it. He's up against Tony Stark. Chris, you you definitely had a lot of evidence of turned Tony Stark in the Marvel one. And I can't say that I spent much time diving back into Marvel for this bracket uh, <laughs> after having to live it for the last like five months. So I'm going to let you kind of describe what makes Tony so turned. Sure. I, I kind of died on the hill in the Marvel bracket as like MCU phases one, two, and three are the story of Tony Stark, period. Um, and and part of the reason why I felt that way is because I was so captured by Tony as a reformed turnt boy. He's introduced in Marvel. He's introduced in Iron Man 1, riding in the back of a Humvee yep. with a drink in his hand getting turned with some soldiers. Um, He, in the same movie, hops on his private jet, tries to have a meeting with Rhodey. Rhodey sits down and Tony's like, can we get some sake, please? Like, this is not just like, can we get a few glasses of champagne? Can we get some mimosas? Sake bombs might be the most aggressive (laughs) turn boy alcohol (laughs) drinking experience there is. (laughs) Uh, aside from another one that we we're gonna get to next week, but uh, the fact that he like orders sake bombs on an airplane midday, yep, during an intelligence meeting, like, well, with an unwilling participant, with an unwilling participant who literally says that he's like Tony, we're not drinking right now, like we're discussing like military <laughs> operations. So moments later, sure enough, Tony's party plane goes down and somehow they end up with some light show package going on they're chilling on a bed or couch of some kind and the flight attendants have become dancers Uh, i don't know if they were dancers who were acting as flight attendants or flight attendants (laughs) who were forced into being dancers (laughs) read the scene as you will but there's a party playing in the air period we also see tony like during that era flashback to at the beginning of Iron Man three, when Tony is at the new year's Eve party, he's got a one night stand thing going on and he's just on his classic Tony. I'm only concerned about partying right now. Vibe in Iron Man two, we get a couple of really solid Tony party scenes. We see him at the Monaco grand prix up in that um, dinner club area where he shakes Elon Musk's hand. He's got the best (laughs) table in the room. But the best is Tony's, quote, last birthday ever. 
Right. Tony is convinced he's going to die, so he throws the last birthday ever. And like, just like closing my eyes and thinking about Tony Stark is throwing the last birthday he's ever going to have. People are going to die. Like there will be deaths that are associated with alcohol or some kind of crazy stunts that are fueled by alcohol. This is going to be a dangerous situation. Like it does yep. not get more turned up than this. Sure enough, uh, much like the emotional Buzz Lightyear, he gets super drunk and he pisses his Iron Man suit. He gets up in front of everyone, it takes the mic, and he's like, I'm going to give a speech. People always ask me, how do I go to the bathroom in the suit? Just like that. I just <laughs> did it. Like, this technology is worth millions, and he just soils it, you know? Uh, it's, it's great. Uh, this is in addition to um, the Avengers, when Cap starts like, I don't know, like puffing up his chest to Tony and he's like, take away the suit and, and what do you have left? And Tony's like, mm, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Like, <laughs> right. this, is, like this, this, this per- turnboy personality is like how he sees himself. Uh, and he does it publicly as well in front of the world in Iron Man 2. It opens up with him like flying into the Stark Expo in Flushing and like he's just he's got a flair for theatrics and just rallying the crowds and the masses. Uh, I mean, he's he's great turn point. Yes. And that's what makes this matchup so hard for me because do I play the Disney turn boy or do I play the turn boy in this matchup? Eventually, we're going to have to refine that as we go on but what do i want to do here and that's what's killing me and i didn't have a pick beforehand Uh, usually i like decide who i'm gonna go with as we like before we discuss and this one i left blank because i kind of wanted to talk more about tony stark tony stark is definitely the like most turnt person because of who he is as that character in the mcu but I think I'm just going to have to go with my bias and go Buzz Lightyear because one of how much I enjoyed his turn moment and two, how we can translate that turn overconfidence in the beginning where he's very convinced that he's a, uh, a space ranger. Not very turnt necessarily, but he's definitely reckless in his uh, acting out on that confidence. And he's not just like an alcoholic like Tony is. Um, I'm going to go buzz here, Chris. I'm going to make you decide if we're going to a tiebreaker or not. I mean, I don't really have anything to add on either of these. I'm going yeah. with Tony. I think he is the bigger turnt boy. So sure. for a first round matchup, I'm not willing to get so nitpicky. So I have to go with the, with the more turnt character in my opinion. Sure. So Madsen gets the tiebreaker. So I've been marking my pick on each of these and I've switched this one a couple times and I was trying to figure out why this one's so difficult and I have a theory. Okay. It is because Buzz Lightyear is Tony Stark. Oh. It's an overconfident man in a can trying to save the world from a big purple alien who eventually needs the help of a typical all-American white dude. (laughs) Like, they're the same guy. So, that's why this is so tough for me. I lean Tony because Chris, I think, laid it out really nicely. So much of what 
So much of Tony's character arc starts with him trying to break out of this fact that he was this kind of party boy. Like, this is what he lived for. This is what he did. He did not care that his company was causing destruction and terror on the world just as long as he was making enough money that he could party and do whatever he wanted. So I think that's such a big part of who Tony Stark is. Now, you can the this is where I struggle because by the end he had obviously gotten away from that. He was living in a cabin with the woods with his wife and his child. But I think so much happened early on and it took him really I mean, even in even in Avengers, he's talking to Loki and I know he's trying to get his nano bracelet things ready and stuff, but he literally goes and makes himself a drink while talking to a god. It's totally. just it is what he leans on. So that's that's why I'm gonna push Tony Stark through. All right, and that brings us to our Elite Eight. And those matchups look like the number one, Jack Sparrow versus number eight, Shorty. Down the brackets, number four, the Hare, the Hatter, and the Dormouse versus number 12, Uncle Waldo. On the other side of the brackets, number two, Gaston versus number 10, Valkyrie. And down for our final Elite Eight matchup, it is number 14, Brom Bones versus number 11, Tony Stark. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us for episode one breaking some ties, having some upsets. We look forward to hearing you back on episode two. Can't wait. All right, everybody, you know how to reach us. If you've got something to say about these turnt boys, did we get some things wrong, get some things right, send us an email at mousemaddispodcast.gmail.com. We'd also love to interact with you on social media. We've got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. Till next week, folks. Scumps, scumps, scumps. You see it, see it.